Hey, this is Max, and you're listening to The Uncommon Truth, where we're in search of the church the way Jesus meant it to be. If you're new to The Uncommon Truth, I want to explain a little bit about what you can expect to hear on the show. The podcast represents something of a personal journey, as my wife and, and I, our family, we moved down from Canada, and we started as urban missionaries and students in a school of transformation in Oroville, California. And our goal the whole time was to see what real Christianity is like and, and try to see if, if it was the same Christianity we'd been living our whole lives or if there was something new that we'd been missing. And it's very much an ongoing thing, and, and that's why we started a podcast. That's why I started this podcast, just to document some of my own, my own learning and, and some of the people that I've been following and learning from. So if you find yourself in the same situation, if you're asking yourself if, if this is all there is to the Christian life, uh, attending church on Sundays and, and kind of acting like we have it all together, um, I know that's not everybody listening, but you know that's, that's pretty common in, in Christianity in the West. If you find yourself in that position, then I think the uncommon truth will be uh, uncommonly refreshing for you, hopefully. That's my goal, at least. And I just want to be clear, there's, there's not a whole lot in here that I've already figured out. This is, this is a journey of, of trying to see what others have done uh, to be like Jesus, to bring the kingdom to earth, and, and to see what I can learn from them along the way. Today on The Uncommon Truth, I am very pleased to welcome both Steve and his wife Vicki Orsillo to the show. Steve and Vicki founded the Father's House along with their kids here in South Oroville, California, in basically a suburban slum. Their goals were to change the city of Oroville and to bring Jesus in and make it impossible for anyone in Oroville to go to hell. Steve and Vicki's lives have definitely been characterized by very strong faith, but they've also been characterized by a lot of adversity, and that's what we're going to be talking about today, how they've taken adversity and how they've walked through it with faith and used the things that that were really difficult in their lives to not only build their faith, but also to come out on the other side shining, standing for Jesus. So if you've ever wondered how to walk through adversity, how to walk through hardship and tough times, even just to overcome circumstances in your own lives, and also do so while bringing glory to Jesus, then this episode is definitely one you're going to want to listen to right on to the end. If you can stick with us to the end, I will give you some ways that you can get connected with us here at The Uncommon Truth, and I'll also give you a little bit of a sneak peek of what's ahead. And in the meantime, please enjoy Stephen Vicky fighting over the microphone here on The Uncommon Truth. All right, well, it's my pleasure to have Steve and Vicky Orsillo, Vicky for the first time, on The Uncommon Truth podcast. And uh, I, I already know, based on our pre, pre-recording conversation, it's going to be it's going to be a wild ride, so stick with us. Vicky, I'm so happy to have you here. We talk, we've talked a lot about you. You've listened to a bunch of the show, so you know what we're all about here. And uh, I think what we're going to talk about today is going to be really impactful for a lot of people. But thank you so much for joining us. I'm so glad and honored to be here. Thanks, Max. So we, we got coffee going. We're here in our School of Transformation building. And uh, you'll hear some cars rumbling by, of course, and you might hear some wild music 
you might hear some Taco Bell going on. We're we're eating lunch and we got yeah. There's Steve's ch- step away from the chalupa. Yeah, he tried right? the chalupa. Back away. Back away. away from the chalupa. I gotta I gotta hear that at some point. I, I know I, I listened to that when we were first kind of, first kind of listening to the uh, the different sermons. I heard the story of the chalupa, but um, I'll have to get that one another time. So you guys lead, lead super full lives, and it's really. I, it's a miracle that we can get you both on at the same time. So I don't want to waste too much of your time, but uh, it is a huge privilege to have you. We're going to be talking today um, about more of a more of a personal, more of a pastoral uh, subject. A lot of times we talk about things theoretically or uh, theologically, but today we're talking about your your lives and and as Vicky said, as we we're sitting here talking about what we're going to talk about, we're talking about where the rubber meets the road, right? So, um, yeah, we, we are in the process, the two of you and your families, of, of walking out some really, really tough stuff in life. And, and I think one of the biggest things that people want to know, people who know you and people who will hear your stories today, how do you guys, how do you guys walk out this, this adversity or faith in adversity? But before we get to some of those stories, I want to back up because we haven't had you, Vicky, on the podcast yet, and I want to know um, f- for the two of you, what was it like? What was it like, fi- like starting a church in in a small town? Uh, obviously, everybody watches everything you do, right? That's right. It was uh, interesting because we had, as Steve has told you before, we thought we we're going to start the Father's House in downtown Oroville, Main Street, Oroville. And the Lord sent us to Southside, so mm-hmm. it's been quite a ride. Um, yeah, very exciting. So, f- for those who don't know Orville, it's it's got like the down the hill is the main main area. It's kind of an old gold rush town, um, lots of old brick and mortar places, and it's a little bit it's a little bit run down. But Southside, where we're at now, is a whole different ball game, and we've talked about that. Whole different ball game. Um, People are shocked when they come to Southside. Even today, mm-hmm. even though it's it's 21 years later, it's it's a thousand percent different than when we started. So yeah. it is it is quite shocking at times. So what was it like? What was it like starting a church in a small town where not just starting a church, but starting a a ministry that that really everybody everybody knows you around Oroville, especially the Christian community, but it's not. As we've discussed, it's not really a conventional ministry. So everybody, not only does everybody watch everything you do, but everybody's got an opinion. Even even brothers and sisters, Christian, Christian, non-Christian, everybody sees you. So what? Is, how does that affect your walking out of your faith? Well, for me, um, I believe the, the Lord started the Father's house for me so I could be me. I could be me. And yeah. uh, I'm not a conventional pastor's wife. I can't hold a tune. I'm not on the worship team. I really don't like kids' ministry, and I don't play the piano. So I feel <laughs> like the Lord said, let's just start the Father's House for Vicky because she can be Vicky. And um, I believe that's the uniqueness of the Father's House for me is that everywhere I go, I'm, I'm exactly who I am at the Father's mm-hmm. House. Um, I can be very quirky and eccentric, and at the Father's House, they allow me to do that. Yeah. Yeah, it's, be, it's being real. Yeah. We just... We just said, here we are. This is us. This yeah. is what we do. And I think that the most important thing we did at first 
was we didn't take a survey. We didn't we didn't ask anyone's opinion. Yeah. We didn't listen to their opinions. They all they all did have an opinion. You're right on the money. Everybody was watching and they were watch they were scrutinizing yeah. and and a great deal of criticism. And we I'm pretty I'm pretty close to immune to that. Mm-hmm. And Vicky is very touchy feely about that. So what we've done to build this church is we my model started off and got us going of just if you're I I've got to do what the Lord says and really not feel what they're saying, you know. Yeah. I I cared, I just didn't feel it. I didn't let it get to me. And then then as it as the church took hold and became a real mover and shaker in the city, people began to know that we did something. You know, they were doing something. Mm-hmm. Then really the Vicky's Vicky and her daughters, uh our daughters. Yeah, our daughters. Really just kind of their their philosophy of do respond to them because now it's not just pure criticism because you're the new guy. Yeah. It's not just their fear of you taking something from them. Now they can see that we can be someone to partner with. Now it's time to listen to their opinion. Mm-hmm. And that's the girls. They, they really are gifted at that. I'm still more the mind of not listening to anyone's opinion, but they are more the mind of listen to other people's opinions. And so we've really become a partner in the city of Oroville. We're, we're, alongside of many ministries now because we the girls philosophy has really worked well in this season of our life yeah you guys definitely complement each other really well yeah. um steve you're you're very like you're a bulldog in you don't you don't take no for an answer and you don't you don't compromise nope and uh and vicky you know if there's somebody somebody sitting on the side of a party somebody sitting in in church by themselves during the social socializing time you're right there next to them asking them what they need right and and then together together you you pull each other into this like this force that like really an unstoppable you know, a couple, you couldn't do it by yourselves, either of you, right? I often say to people, that's exactly right, Max. I often say to people, can you imagine the church if Steve was alone <laughs> at the church? Everybody would be sitting with their hands folded and, and very uniform and, yes, sir, yes, and ma'am. Qui- and quiet. And quiet. <laughs> <laughs> and if I was running the church, it'd be anarchy everywhere anarchy. because I'd be, I'd be oh saying yes to every, oh my gosh. every decision, I would say yes. Yeah. So we do really compliment each other and... Uh, oftentimes, I mean, many, many times, I have to tell him, "I think you might have hurt those those people's feelings." <laughs> and, and I said, "What? I didn't hurt their feeling, did I? I don't. I don't even. I'm not even aware." Yeah. Uh, so, if for those of you who haven't been to a service at the Father's house, there's the link to our YouTube channel, and you will you'll be able to hear, even though Vicky is not mic'd up during the service, and Steve is about 25 feet away, you'll be able to hear Vicky. Um, you know, if Steve's collar needs adjusting or if, uh, you know, the other day your microphone was not even on your, your face, it was somewhere (laughs) else. Oh yeah. Somebody, somebody (laughs) noticed it and helped you out. Right. And then of course, uh, one of my girls, yeah, the girls take your lead Vicky, right. And and help out and help keep that on a, on a leash. Right. They will hear me if you're on the podcast or you're on, not a podcast, if you're on the live broadcast of the Father's House, you will hear me before you see me because I will be saying that's right or amen. I remember going to a church in uh, our home church in, in Spokane and there's like 5,000 people. When we started, there was 25. Yeah. And our pastor, Joe, when we visit Spokane, often says to me, Vic, 
I I heard you before I saw you, and that's yeah. a father's house. Yeah, and you might hear her on the recordings heckling me. Yeah, well, right now they're uh, sort of jousting for position. So we're we're still new in two this alpha. podcasting game. We we have two microphones for two guests, and now we have three. So and he I, wants to hog it. Yeah, I get my own, but they they have to uh, they have to share. And so far, it's more of the it's like the backseat of the car with two kids going around a corner, slamming each other into the door. Um, <laughs> So I, I really appreciate the energy. Maybe it's because I gave you guys coffee and, and Steve brought Taco Bell to lunch here. Um, it's Nexus fault. But, but that's that's what we're really about here, really, is to to be informal, uncut, sort of. We're just having coffee together. And this is a, this is a, a Steve and Vicky that you have your pastors of a, a growing church. Not everybody can spend, you know, an hour a week with you guys. Uh, I'm really lucky that I can sit across the table from you guys. But hopefully now everybody listening to the uncommon truth here at at our church and those who are are wanting to know what what Christianity is like here in Orville, they can also get that. So I appreciate it. I wanted to get into talking about talking about some of the stories, and it's awesome because there's a lot of joy in this room right now. Yeah, we've, we've got a lot of joy between, and it's coming across the table pretty pretty high frequency. Um, but it's also been a really, really tough week. Yeah. It's, it's been a tough year. It's been, hit. it's been a lot of, there's been a lot of stuff going on and your lives have been characterized by, to me, a couple things. Um, there's been lots of, lots of adversity that you've walked through, but that's, that's, that's definitely not the first, second or third thing that I would have ever noticed about, about either of you or your family when I, in the past year of getting to know you in, in the year or so before that, when we were investigating coming down. So why don't you tell me a little bit about, about some of the things you guys have walked through as a family. And, uh, you know, if this, if this goes too long, we'll make it into two podcasts because it's really important to, to hear some of these stories. All right, Max. I think that the thing that caused almost every, reaction to adversity in our life started with our son Mark being born to us. Um, I would say it was almost Tiny Tim's tiptoe through the tulips before that. Mm. Everything was glorious. And then our son was born with Down syndrome. And I'd have to tell you that if there's anything at the father's house, period, that has been good for anyone. And, you know, in the big class the other day or I said, you know, is there anything I've ever done that made your life better? And I asked that once in a while. And I have to say that Mark being born is why we could go through economic crash, worldwide economic crash, crashing us. Mm-hmm. Um, our, our house burning down, our, you know, our parents passing away. We can go through these things with such incredible faith because Mark was born to us. Mm. He transformed us. He, he caused us to be, to learn that how many good things come looking like something you wouldn't want Mm. to this day. If I asked anyone, or even if we, by some, you know, virgin birth or miracle of God, you know, Abraham and uh, Sarah had a baby at our age. And you asked us, would you want it to be Down syndrome? We'd say, no, we would not. But when we look back at this boy being born to us, he's now 36 years old. 
it is the most incredible thing for me. Made a man out of me, caused me to be who I am, taught me whatever level of patience you can find in me, mm. came to me from Mark. Mm. Um, whatever tenderness came to me through Mark. Um, uh, it, the ability to look at this thing and see God's hand in it on the way to the hospital. This is no kidding. We drove down a road that had a school and a yard with a fence. And it was, I would say, there were a lot of different afflictions in those kids at that school. But Down syndrome was by far the biggest. It was a crowd of Down syndrome people. Mm -hmm. And Vicky and I, her in labor, me driving, come to the stop sign. And I look over and I said, look at that. We've gone by this school hundreds and hundreds of times. They don't ever pay attention to cars. They never look out. They're never looking out. Yeah. They're sitting in the, they're playing in this corner. Sure. On this day, they line the fence and they stare at us. And mm. we're looking at this fence. And I said, look at that. I went by slow. She's in labor. And I'm going by slow, looking at it. They're staring at us like children of the corn. Hmm. But they don't have evil in any way, shape, right, or form. Just... They're at the fence. And Vicky goes, look at that. <laughs> and at this at this point... I we mean, had, Oh, no. This was pre-any... We didn't know boy, girl. Right. We didn't know anything in those yeah. days. And remember, he's 36 years old. Yeah, it's a so, while ago. Yeah. So we're, we're, looking, we're like, it's weird. I'm going by. And Vicky says, you do really well working with kids like that. Hmm. And that just stuck in my head. We went by. I mean, I'm looking, driving slowly, and then I'm okay. We're past. We head off to the. It was. It was a long time later when I remember that. A few hours later, Mark is born to me, to us, and it's clear he has Down syndrome. Now they mm -hmm. took a test and didn't confirm it for weeks, but it was pretty clear he has yeah. Down syndrome. And I went through a one heck of a night. I went through a very hard two days, and then two months, all different levels of this agony, mm -hmm. feeling like I'd failed, feeling like I'd been cursed, I did something wrong, and turns out, about the second day, he had tried to die maybe four or five times, he, they had had to save his life four or five wow. times in the first 24 to 48 hours, he kept just Aspirate. like forgetting to breathe. Hmm. He would just stop breathing. Yeah. And they'd, they'd shake him and, oh, he'd breathe. It was, it was so weird. And he was in an incubator for not because he was tiny, but because he was frail. Mm -hmm. And I stuck my hand in this rubber glove and I, 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 I remember feeling the love that came over me. Hmm. I was afraid to be his dad. I was afraid. I didn't know. How, I mean, Nicole came easy. The first baby was so easy. Yeah. I, I was just naturally a dad. What am I going to do with this guy? And I was afraid to love him because he kept dying. He kept aspirating. He kept, I mean, he, he was in intensive care. I mean, I was afraid to love him. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't understand how I would survive the pain if he died. Right. And I put my hand in this rubber glove incubator and I rubbed his head because it was very few places that weren't covered in like stuff from the hospital, yeah. tubes, things like that. And I remember saying, you're my boy and I'm going to love you. I'm choosing to love you. Mm. And I want you to know I want you to live. I want you in my life. That alone for me, the selflessness of that could have been the first selfless act of my life. Wow. 
I mean, I, I, I don't know, but I remember. I don't, I'll die for you. And I began to love him, but I couldn't get through this. took another two months to get through the, the final struggle of him being my son. Yeah. Through his life, I grew to the point of incredible pride. But that, that adversity probably, probably would have went a different way had my pastor the um, the guy Vicky just mentioned about mm-hmm. I saw you before I heard I heard you before I saw you. <laughs> yeah. He called me from Oregon. He was out of town when the baby was born. Oh, family are around celebrating, and I didn't feel like I did a good job. I felt like I'd done something wrong, mm-hmm. I, and you couldn't get you couldn't escape it. Something's wrong. And um, he called from Oregon. Now this is pre cell phone. This is you got to be near the landline. Yep. And I answered it. Yeah, this is Joe from the Oregon coast. You know, and I'm like, oh hi Joe. Congratulations! Oh well, you know, I don't know if I don't know. Congrats! I didn't say anything, yeah. But I'm feeling I don't know. I don't know. Are congratulations in order? Mm -hmm. He said, "Man, Steve, God must think awfully highly of you to have given you such a gift Mm -hmm. as a boy with Down syndrome." And I kind of, you know, sloughed it off in the phone call. Just did the polite thing, you know. And I, I couldn't escape those feelings. This is your blessing? This is the reward for faithfulness? You think highly of me, so you give me a Downs boy? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I wrestled with that. And I wrestled with it for a while. And I came out on the right side. And Vicky was heroic for me. From my vision, Vicky was heroic from day one. That boy won the lottery yeah. when this girl... <laughs> was his mother. When that spirit was put in that body, in her body, that boy won the lottery. Uh, she went all in with that boy. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was she was working with him, loving him, and, and, and we, we are who we are today. Uh, first and foremost, because of Jesus, of course, but the thing he, the, the item he used was the incredible struggle that I had and and the blessing that he is uh in from our son being born with down syndrome and it's been remarkable we have three other children that are superstars Mm -hmm. and I believe they are superstars because their brother had down syndrome yeah they learn to care for people they learn to help people they learn to be patient with people's disabilities they learn to be patient with people's inabilities they learned our other three children are filthy rich with character and honor and integrity and love because their brother was born with Down syndrome. Mm. So the thing that nobody would say yes to, and we, like I said, if, if we were, it, even today. It's not something you choose. Yeah. No, my next grandkid, if I, uh, praise the Lord, if I have one, do you want him to be Down syndrome? Yeah. Would you want that blessing on your children? And I'd, I'd sit here and say no. But if that baby was born with Down syndrome, I guarantee you, they, they won the lottery. Yeah. Yeah, well, so it com- it that's the bit down, on that one. Doesn't it come down to our expectations as, as Christians? Jordy always says that offense, uh, offense is born of unex- uh, unmet expectations, right? And we have, yeah. we have this expectation in ministry that, that says we're, we're owed something or that um, almost this, this... It's supposed to go a certain way. Right, because... It's like we're giving our, our fealty to the Lord, so he must reward us with something. Yeah. And that's, that's something you've pointed out to me. That's not, that's not anywhere in Scripture. No. 
and uh, and so then that that seems like it it started you guys off on on the right path. What what's some other things that you guys have walked through as a family? Well, I just wanted to go back a little bit, Max, about Mark. And um, if you know Mark, he's remarkable, and, and probably of the four kids, he's the most like me. Yeah. Which is kind of funny and a downs man because people don't realize that he's he's so witty and uh, not to say I'm witty well I'm kind of witty but um (laughs) Mark is that when I told him when Mark was born they said he would never be anything but have concrete logic that Mm. means just what it is it is and and he is so um what's it called when he's just he's so uh, um there's a word and I'm I'm losing it right now is it uh abstract abstract, he's so abstract and he's so funny and and um, he, he makes jokes with people, and they just don't know what to do because he's got Down syndrome. Yeah. But the Lord said a long time ago that he would speak to the world from Oroville. Mm-hmm. And we had thought maybe through a podcast or maybe through Steve's messages. And, mm-hmm. and when our house burned down in 17, there was a Facebook post that our daughter Danielle put about Mark, her brother, lost all his videos in the fire. And he's, he's really into he's he into, loves movies, right? You know Down syndrome adults they are or children they usually are into dvds and, yeah. and vhs and stuff so danielle just put a post hey my my brother lost his videos would you consider sending some of your old ones and by the time we were done we had twelve thousand dvds <laughs> sent to the father's house and there's a video of mark actually seeing the first 1200 yeah and that video has been seen over 40 million times wow. around the world. In fact, we were speaking in England, and we were talking about the fire that just burned down our house a week before. And people are actually elbowing them, each other saying, I saw that video. Yeah. So it's it's remarkable. We were, I think we were in Italy, too, that somebody came up and said, you know, they somehow they knew. or I can, My brain is kind of mush this week. But Mark, the least of these, my brother— is the one that gets to speak to the world from Oroville. Yeah. And he is, you know, remarkable. He is my mark <laughs> on life. And, um, you know, I agree 100% with Steve is that when Mark was born, we rethunk, we, we rethought um, Jesus. Like, I think when we got saved, we just thought it was going to be tiptoeing through the tulips and mm-hmm. life is great and nothing, no rain will fall on us. And everything that we've walked through with it, that is adversity has um, caused us to rethink a lot of things in our life and, and really um, landing on the verse of count it all joy, my brother. Mm. And so as we go through this week, we're, I'm, I'm, I'm joyful. I mean, there's moments of tears, and but I'm joyful because I know this is what we're living for is a hope of glory and that we might attain the to the resurrection. So Mark definitely laid the foundation of our faith 36 years ago. Yeah. For who we are today. So there, there's a, there's another, another little person that touched the world from Oroville, and uh, I, w- I want you to talk about her a little bit. Um, some, some folks who are listening are really close to you guys. Some people, uh, this might be their first time listening. So tell us a little bit about Avalyn. Well, Avalyn is our oldest daughter's second child, little girl. We had seven granddaughters, and then we had a grandson. And Ava Lynn was number two. And so we've, you know, she's seven, seven years old. And when she was four years old, she was diagnosed with leukemia. And uh, it was, again, very shocking. Mm-hmm. Like, 
Her mom, Nicole, our oldest, has been faithful from the day she was born. She has loved and believed in and trusted and expected from, from the Lord her whole life and never walked away, never went lukewarm, never lived a compromised Christian life of any kind mm-hmm. and did not expect one of her children to have, down, uh, to have leukemia. So the worst leukemia leukemia you can have and her Nicole and Louie, her husband, they went to battle. They, they went to live in McDonald houses, mostly living in hospital rooms, raising their other two daughters around medical stuff. Mm -hmm. And, uh, little Avalyn was just the magic in the world. She, she has this kind of a grumpy hate stare that is like, <laughs> like, we'll just, it, it may, we all laugh because yeah. it's, it's hilarious. Cause she can, she can freeze, you know, the wicked witch of the West. <laughs> and, uh, and then she has this delight that's just hilarious, you yeah. know? And, um, yeah, so all of us got to spend quality time cause Evelyn had leukemia for three years and she relapsed three times. And she would be free and then relapse, be free. Mm-hmm. And so this last time she was, we were at grandparents day and uh, she was really recovering, really starting to get some of her life back hair. I noticed her hair was about an inch long, you know, and mm-hmm. it was really getting, he was, she was really regaining things, you know, and eating, she was eating. And then uh, two weeks later, um, she's on her deathbed mm-hmm. and Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening, she passed away and uh we you know just just four days ago she passed away and we just uh we'll miss her we watched her suffer we know the results of all of the chemo and all of the radiation would have given her a very rough life Mm -hmm. um her she would be sterile her bones would be brittle her growth would be very stunted her eyesight would be harmed. Mm-hmm. Her hearing would diminish. So many different things. Her legs, muscles, atrophy. And so she passed very quietly and very peacefully into the, into, into the arms of Jesus. And we as a family rejoiced. And I have to tell you, we prayed like we prayed fervently, mm-hmm. expecting her to just recover 100% all those things fertility muscles bones eyes everything we we believed in total 100% uh healing for her until the moment she passed into the arms of the lord mm-hmm. and then we all got up cleaned up the room they 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 did i i met him at the Ronald McDonald house we packed up the Wallace family and went home mm-hmm. and of course, they are crying bitter tears, but they are also laughing hilariously. Yeah. They are rejoicing and enjoying their daughter's life, and they are missing her uh, in a way that only parents who've experienced this could ever know. Mm. And um, I can't relate to their feelings. I can only relate to being a grandpa who's going to miss his little girl. Yeah. But they're superstars, and uh, we as a family have this incredible release I am a true believer. Vicky is a true believer. He did not have to. God does not have to do what we want him to do for us to believe. Mm-hmm. We definitely want him to, and we try. We ask. 
and we believe, but he's the Lord. We said be Lord. And so what happens? A seven-year-old who had been sick for three years, who had been miserably sick, got to go to heaven and be with Jesus. Mm -hmm. Uh, Worse things happen. This little seven-year-old will never have to face the doubt this world throws at her. She will never have to face the temptations of the enemy. She will never lose her innocence. Mm -hmm. In eternity, she will not have a memory of a time where her innocence was not there. She was always innocent. I have great memories. I have tremendous amounts of memories of not being innocent. Mm -hmm. My little Ava Lynn will never have to face this world. She does not have to be judged. She never reached the age of accountability. Mm-hmm. And so that's our story of what, that's the brief story. Vicky, Vicky was like a hero of this whole thing. She spent so many hours in the hospital room, so many hours taking turns at Ronald McDonald House. I stayed here and pastored the Father's House Church. She went and jumped in with our daughter, and she was there with the Wallace family, taking care of the other two girls, mothering them, grandmothering mm-hmm. them, taking care of her daughter, Nicole, and taking care of our granddaughter. And it was really, really awesome. It was uh, just, it, it was just, it's just a, one of those experiences that if you stop and you're able to see beyond your disappointment, you see the amount of love, you see the amount of heroic response out of every avenue of human life. People came to love on our family, came to love on that little girl. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just tremendous. I'm, I'll let Vicki share now, but um, it, it honestly, I bet you if I get to live 20 or 30 more years, I'll bet you money. I'll be talking about this day, like I talk about Mark's birth, yeah. as the day that launched a, a, countless people encountering God and finding the gospel of Jesus Christ to be their salvation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this, this is... A, um a banner week um, in good and bad for us, right? It's bittersweet, right? So yeah. it's I don't think anybody understands some of our responses regarding um, the joy that we have, the tears and the joy. We, um, you know, just waves of tears and joy for this little girl who is bigger, bigger than life. She was a magnificent. I mean, she was pithy and strong-willed and delightful and old beyond her eight, her, her um, years. She fought valiantly. Um, and even even hours, like an hour before she passed, she was she was still fighting. And she just, her personality came out from the, to the moment the Lord took her. And I mm-hmm. had the, the privilege of being there when she was born. And I had the privilege of being there when uh, Jesus took her. Mm-hmm. And uh, what... She has accomplished in her short seven magnificent years is more than you and I probably will ever have. In I'm 62. Um, we're planning her incredible memorial celebration yeah. of life. It's going to be spectacular. And if you're anywhere near Oroville, I really would invite you to come and celebrate this little girl. But um, We'll have those details in the podcast in the notes below. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, we'd love for you to come. It's going to be a celebration. Um and I, 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 like I said, I don't know that people really can understand the way we're walking through this, but it's, if you're really a believer in Jesus, 
it's it is it is a celebration it is a homecoming and um her her ability to touch i think she had almost 5000 people that were following her her life yeah and what it has done in this community of Orville and what it's done in the bay area and it just it just trickles all over the world actually the the response we're getting is People are looking at our family, and I think you asked before if that people are watching. Yeah. I believe people have been watching the Orsillos for 21 years. Yeah. They've been watching to see whether or not, you know, how we walk this out. And um, I believe that many people have come and will come back to the love of Jesus, or they will find the love of Jesus through Avalyn's life. Um, her, her actually, her, her name means breath of life, wow. and it's Avalyn Hope, and um. I know that it's not in vain because Jesus doesn't do things in vain and all things work together for good for those who love Christ Jesus and they're called according to his name and purpose. And I, we are, we're called. And, you know, he promises peace that passes understanding and we're really walking through this. It's like moments of just, like Steve said, laughter, joy, talking about Evelyn, talking about who she's been in the last seven years. And then just like, you know, when Steve is talking, the tears come. Yeah, because selfishly, I'm going to miss her, mm-hmm. and she's not going to get married and have kids and all the things that we desperately hope for for our granddaughters, grandson, yeah. and that's not going to happen. However, wow, she gets to see Jesus face to face. Her suffering's gone. She's run her race. Her race was almost seven years, or seven and a half years, almost eight, and none of us know when our expiration date is. And mm-hmm. I believe all of us think that we are guaranteed you know, 70 plus 10, 80 years or whatever it is in, you know, in the, in the Bible, it says, what does it say? Three score and 10. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's 320. Okay. Then a 10. Goodbye. And, uh, he, he loves to correct me. I'm more, I don't, I'm not I think really, the feeling's mutual. <laughs> yeah, right, I think yeah, you like right. to, I'm more, I'm more, I just kind of abstract. See, this is who we are. We just, um, we live, we live large. We live out loud. We live in front of people. And we just want to be authentic and genuine in our grief and in our joy. Mm-hmm. And Evelyn, I believe with all my heart that, she, that, like Steve said, that this will be a banner week for many people. And we'll be talking about Evelyn's magnificent life for many, many years to come, you know, mm-hmm. to know that we're still standing and we're, we're more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus because we know that no matter what happens, Jesus is good and yeah. he's, he doesn't lie. Well, you, you guys have decided before any of this happened, and, and probably more so with each thing that you walk through, but you've decided that Jesus is good, yeah. that he is who he says he is, and and the the circumstances that you walk through don't determine if he's good or not. And for me, I think, I think most of my Christian walk has been the opposite of that, uh, that, you know, when I was in college, it was, well, if I have a, if I have a, you know, a nice, if I have a, a girlfriend, then Jesus is good. And if I don't, then, then he's not, and, right. you know, and it's all these little things that, that don't matter. If I have enough money to, to make rent, then Jesus is good. And if, if I don't, then why yeah. hasn't, why is he not provided for me? Right. And I think and, that's the number one reason people can't go through adversity. What you're saying, why we can is because at a very, I mean, the very night I met Jesus, March 10th, 1975, I walked outside, and the first prayer I prayed after that 22nd prayer was, don't let me forget, I'm asking you, don't let me forget what it was like to not 
know you. Mm-hmm. Don't let me forget what earlier tonight felt like. And I never have. The despair that I felt, the lostness, I'm always describing it because it is so con- in contrast to what I felt just those hours later. And so in our life, that example, I was sitting on a beach in 1975 and the Lord spoke to me. He hadn't spoken to me yet. This is months later, maybe a month later. And he spoke to me. And I'm telling you, I heard a voice. I turned around to see who it was. It was clearly him. I had just been complaining that he didn't speak to me. And he spoke to me. (laughs) And I could not deny the Lord has spoke to me. So how if just let's not have another thing happen in my long life, 44 more years, and not another thing occurred. Well, did he speak or didn't he? I said he did. Yeah. I have not forgotten that he did. So therefore, come hell or high water, your house burns down, you go bankrupt, your granddaughter dies, your, you know, your son's born with Down syndrome, has medical problems, comes near death. What does that all have to do with that one fact? Is he real? Isn't he real? Are the words that he said true? So then in my life, I have testimony where his words have been true in my life. So if I'm telling everybody... Read the words of Jesus. They are true. He is the truth. Follow him. If you follow him, you won't get lost. And then I experience that in my life, that following the words of Jesus, I don't get lost. Mm -hmm. Then my granddaughter's sick. What does one have to do with the other? If he's real, for one, he spoke to me, for one, another, and then his words work. His words are true. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, what does it matter if my house burns down? It doesn't change those three things. And so how do you get through adversity in this world with faith? You believe what Jesus said. I go to prepare a place for you. If it were not true, I would not have told you so. Oh, I am not a man that I should lie. Nor some Um, man that should change my mind. That's right. I am true. I am the way, the truth, and the life. You know, it's remarkable, that fact. So my house burns down. He's real. Mm-hmm. He, I, I will, I will, lo, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. Me and my father will make our home in you. So here I am standing, looking down on a pit with my house burned down. And I realized it's his house and he could have protected it. This isn't circumstance. He's me and him are standing on a sidewalk, looking at a fiery pit. <laughs> I said, well, what did you want? Why why did you want your house to burn down? He didn't answer me. I said, well, it it was your house. You could have protected it. You didn't. So this is your will. Let's go. What do you want me to do? Tell tell me what you want me to do. Rebuild or move? Rebuild or go somewhere else? Or anything else? You tell me. Mm -hmm. He didn't answer me that night. Went home. Well, I guess it was that night. I went home. Told Vicky, I snuck up the hill. I, I got past the, the, the guards to go yeah. see my house. Told her there was firemen sleeping in the driveway. Blah, you know, those kind of things. And, I, and, then, and then it went quiet in the P61 house where we were staying. And, and he told, I'm, I want you to rebuild. Hmm. So I have all this reality. So he's real. He's good. On the night I met him, he forgave my sins. There's no doubt about it. I owe him everything. 
I owe him everything. Mm. He owes me nothing. He doesn't owe me protecting that house. He doesn't owe me as a 63-year-old man that I don't have to build another house. Yeah. I had already swore I'll never build another house unless the Lord says so. Well, the Lord said so. Yeah. There I am climbing in rafters, carrying lumber, cutting wood all day. And I'm, it, was a, it was one of the greatest joys of my life. The burning of that house turned out to be one of the greatest blessings that have ever happened to us. Because we didn't mourn it. We didn't complain about it. We didn't make a big deal about it. We just said, what's next? Mm -hmm. He's real. He's with us to the end of the age, lives in us. And this is part of the adventure in kingdom living for us. Yeah. And so my secret to living through faith through adversity is that he's real. He owes me nothing. I deserve nothing. I owe him everything. And that everything I do, I work for him. And he lets me. Mm -hmm. And so that's the secret and the key to faith in adversity. I, th I think it's so simple. People go to college for many years to learn this stuff. To me, it's like falling out of a log. The <laughs> truth is right in front of you. He's the way. He is with you. Doesn't matter what happens. He goes to prepare a place for you. And the truth is, is that... Um the rain's going to fall on everybody. He's, he, he promises that the rain's going to fall on the just and the unjust. Mm -hmm. And everyone's life has adversity. There is no escaping death. There, You're going to yeah, have loved the, ones. It's the basis of life, right? It's the yeah. most, everybody's got suffering. Everyone's got suffering. And, we're, and we as Christians oftentimes are just surprised that he doesn't Superman hero us and just come and swoop us out of the burning building. You know, um, He does it to bring glory to who he is. And we're not God, and we don't understand why a seven-year-old didn't get healed, mm -hmm. but we know Jesus. And and I think I think like you said, you know, um, you know, Jesus isn't real if you know if our rent's not paid, or Jesus, yeah. you know, our, I don't have a girlfriend, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like that's the instant Christianity. I think that in the United States, especially in the Western world, is that we experience. I think it's even package and sold that way yeah. and i think we do a d big disservice to every person we lead to jesus because it's it 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 seems like when we, i first got saved i've been saved 40 years ago it actually went for a long time where there was no tragedy probably because i was 20s you know mm. but now it seems like in a day at the father's house that we could have three people tell me that they're they're pregnant and then one person say they just lost a baby yeah. i mean it's up and down all day with with the life in times, you know, loving Jesus right now. I think the world is getting darker and darker. And I believe we as Christians have to be firmer and firmer on, on standing on the truth of who Jesus is, the rock of our salvation, mm -hmm. because the storms will come. Yeah. And if your house is on the sand, you will be devastated. And the world needs to see somebody, and there's lots of us, just not me and Steve, they need, they need to see people who love Jesus standing on the truth of Jesus, standing on the rock of salvation, standing on the firm foundation. Because when the winds come and the rain comes, and they will, they need to know where they can go. Yeah. When the world fails them, when their money fails them, when, when their, their wives or husbands or children fail them, what's the truth? What's the answer? Well, it's Jesus. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't always look like we think it's going to look. Yeah. And I and and I just wanted to make the point that you just every person is going to suffer adversity of one 
kind or another in your 80 years or however many years God decides that you have. And we're just, we as Christians oftentimes are shocked because our daughter, our granddaughter has leukemia or our associate pastor has cancer. Mm-hmm. You know, we just are always shocked that it shouldn't happen to us. And it's like, I'm not sure that's exactly true because it's what we do in those moments that will determine the outcome of what we're walking through. Yeah, I mean, as as Christians, we're all, we're, we're humans, and we're humans just like everyone else in the world, and so that right. means we have, we have bodies that atrophy, and we have, you know, the, the world is still, you know, you still have all sorts of things that can come at us. The, the big difference is we've got a hope, mm-hmm. and, and everybody else doesn't, right? Somebody said, so Christians have the big questions of life answered. And we just have to worry about the little, the little things, you know, the little things of this world, just for a little while, and then we have we have eternity figured out. The rest of the world has has this world, this life figured out. The little things, but they have big questions after that. Big questions that they don't that they don't have. And so, uh, one thing I appreciate just in in closing with you guys is that uh, you you are who you say you are. Thank and, you. And I I don't know if I fully understood that. Because I wasn't here when your house burned down. I saw I saw the old place. It was great. <laughs> it was nice. And I came back, and there was a new one in the it's same nicer. spot, and it's even better, right? <laughs> we love it. And uh, and I was, you know, I've met Mark, and I, I love Mark, and and I met Avi, and and I saw, uh, but I don't think I saw until until this past week, really, um, really how how you guys walked through that was so. It's just your belief in action, right? It's awesome. It's the. It's like, well, I guess I was even surprised that I was, I was still looking, you know, like still looking for the fruit, right? Mm-hmm. Of, okay, well, th- they say this, but how is it going to be when, and it is, it is that oh, 80% you. joy yeah. and, and that 20% of, of sadness, Correct. but it's not despair. No. It's not despair. And it's, uh, it's a piece that passes understanding. It really is understanding. I was, of, that really he does give you that. The mm-hmm. piece that, I mean, honestly, the world would say we should be devastated in a heap. And I hopefully people don't come away thinking that we're cavalier right. about her passing. We're not. It, we're, we're crushed. But yeah. we also have the hope of glory. And, and in spite of the huge hole that she's going to leave in all of us, I mean, she, it's going to be huge. Mm-hmm. It, it, but Jesus. Jesus is the one that comes in and, and is the answer to all the questions. Mm-hmm. And we will miss her greatly. However, like Steve said, I mean, that's why we run this race is to see Jesus face to face. And so it's, it, it, it really is. It, for me, the hope of glory and just the, the peace that p- passes understanding. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, we'll have an opportunity. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give all the information for her memorial uh, at the end of this episode, and I'll have it in writing in the, in the notes below the episode so everybody listening can check that out. Uh, it's going to be open to everybody. Everybody's welcome. Um, she's gonna she's gonna throw us a big party, and uh, and it's gonna it's gonna continue the mission you guys started here, which is changing Orville That's right. and uh, reaching the world from Orville, and so I'm I'm excited to be a part of it. I'm I'm pleased to be a member of your church and watch you guys as you live Christianly in the world, 
and uh, we're gonna have you guys on a lot more because I like having I like watching you guys together. <laughs> it's really fun. Because he's annoying. All right. Yeah, we need we need to get two mics. Oh no, no, she's a mic hog. <laughs> yeah. So I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. We love you, Max. We're so glad that you and Sheree and the girls are here. It's been such a delight to have you and the podcast. We think it's really really well done. You know, appreciate it. It's good. Thanks, Thanks, Max. Yeah, we'll we'll talk to you guys soon. Well, we call this podcast The Uncommon Truth because here's where we talk about stories and ideas that are pretty unique in Christianity in the West. And I think that conversation definitely highlights how exceptional and remarkable uh, the faith of Stephen Vicky is and how different that is from a lot of the culture of the Western and North American church. I'm not sure how easy it is to convey, but Steve and Vicky are really the same people, the same couple, when when the microphone is rolling and recording and the camera is recording, and, and when it's not. There's not really much difference to the way they live their lives in front of everyone else and in private with their friends and close family. So I know we alluded to it during the show, but Ava Lynn's memorial is actually going to be here in Orville on the 26th of October. That's kind of a long time for for a memorial after death. And uh, Louis and Nicole, Ava Lynn's parents, really wanted to make sure that as many people could come that whose lives were touched by Ava Lynn and, and people who were touched just by her story could come and celebrate her life. So I've got a few details here for you. I'm going to have more of the logistics in the show notes below this episode, so you can go ahead and just scroll down and you can check out the time and place and, and all the logistics for the memorial. As for donations, in lieu of flowers, the family would really love it if you could help make AV's place happen. Uh, AV had the dream of having a park where kids could play, a Lego-themed park because she really loved Legos. And, uh, and we want to make that a reality. The Father's House Church wants to make that a reality on their, their Mud Run property. So um, you can get information on her Avalyn Hope's uh, Facebook page. And you can just click on the link there and, and take a look at what that's going to be like. They're also asking if, if you feel like donating something material, uh, potted plants, benches, picnic tables, any sort of things that a, a park would need. If you want to bring that, if you're coming to the memorial, bring that and uh, we would love to have it be a part of the park if you have any questions about avalyn's memorial or anything like that or just general feedback for the podcast you can find my email in the show notes as well and give me a shout and i would love to get back to you or maybe give you a shout out on the air and as we wrap up this episode i'd just like to challenge myself and and listeners as well i'm speaking this one to myself as well as everybody out there Uh, are we Are we building our faith? Are you building your faith in such a way that you'll be able to stand in the midst of adversity and walk that out and show Jesus in that? Um, If I'm asking myself that question, I'm not sure the answer, and uh, and that's not good enough for me. So I I want to challenge myself to keep walking closer to Jesus and, and keep feeling his presence and keep practicing the muscle of faith so that when things come, and they will, it's promised that they will, that I'm going to be a man who can walk with walk with Jesus in joy and, and say, I got this, I got you. So that's my challenge for you, and uh, we will see you next week on The Uncommon Truth. Thanks for listening.